This is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Carried by Six, a little cover track by the infamous Bulldoze. The track is Truth, and there's paying homage all over Hardcore to the memory of Kevin Sia, Kev One Bulldoze. And as we get closer to the Keystone Hardcore Jam Saturday, December 17th. I thought it'd be cool now that the fellas have recorded this to play it as the opening track. I haven't done one of these in three weeks. When I left use I had high hopes to get on the ball, kick some ass, pre-record some shit while I was in Florida, and then the busy week that I had after Florida, and it just didn't work out, and as I look at, we're still at episode 97, when if I just not missed a couple weeks, we'd be over 100, I don't remind myself, it's not a matter of if we get to 100 episodes, it's only a matter of time and when, and that not to make a big deal about what the 100th episode should be, or any episode should be, because sometimes just getting an episode out is important. And so for those who are asking when we drop in an episode, the answer is now. And thank you for listening. So, once again, I want to get into Philly shit. Just because it's not like every week in the last three weeks you heard the same shows over and over again be announced. Plus, we got some cool shit that is in the mix on the way out. Stuff that's going to, you might want to come take the travel to even if you're not exactly from Philadelphia so just so you know we have a website phillyhcshows.com you can easily go there check out shit November 12th at the church early show 1pm start undeath 200 stab wounds Enforced and phobophilic. It's very metal, heavy, focused, early matinee. Don't miss out on it. Mind Force, Pain of Truth, Sub Zero, Carbonite, and Never in Gang. The following day, another matinee, that time at Underground Arts. The following Friday, Youth of the Day, Outburst, End It, Raw Brigade, and Cutdown at the church. We're not uh we're not really pushing the oh my god this shit's gonna sell out card so much, but you do want to be smart if you want to get tickets for that one. Make sure that you're following everything on the Instagram. Another key note on um shit we have going on for those of you a little bit more local to Philadelphia, hard times tattoo. Another awesome. Flea market 
This one is going to have a ton of raffling tickets from all of us, tons of vendors, and um, this is Sunday, November 6th, so that's coming up. And uh, we're going to be out there hanging out, chilling out, come by, get some food, talk some shit, antiques, oddities, vintage clothing, collectibles, jewelry, records, and handmade art, tons of vendors. Hard Time Tattoo is located in 6722 Rising Sun Avenue, Northeast Philly. You can follow them at Hard Times underscore tattoo or Hard Times Flea, Phila. It's uh, Mike Hooligan, Please Die, Alex Bradley, AXBX from Philly Hardcore Shows. Putting shit together. Got a lot of cool shit going on. Make sure that you support us. And we're going to get Bob on this episode soon because his annual festivities of FYA are flying towards us also quick mention we got some cooler shows that are a little bit off your beaten path you might want to check out loathe from the uk metal core kind of stuff but the newest shit is so modernish deftones you got to give it a check out static dress omerta pretty cool shit make sure to check that out it's at the underground arts december 13th the keystone jam this is the, you know, the family thing. The thing we get excited to go about every single fucking year. And the lineup this year, it's, it's, I know when you hear people talk about shit, they say, oh, this is stacked, this is stacked, but come see me if you can find an East Coast hardcore show that's got Terror, Life of Agony, Agnostic Front, Strife, Wisdom and Chains, Bulldoze, Shattered Realm, Depth of Honor, End It, Carried by Six, Missing Link, Hold My Own, Kings Never Die, Fool's Game, Street Struck, and days lost. I mean, even even back in the day, just seeing life agony, agnostic front of strife together was wild. But to all this, one show, doors at noon. Get your asses there. Plenty of tickets still, but you don't want to miss out. All right. And uh, the next day, Harley Flanagan, Cro-Mags return with Phillies. Why die? Along with Battalion Zoska, which uh, I believe I announced. I believe I said that the right way. That's Pat from Violent Society, Old School Punk Rock, Eric Victor, Creep Records, and A Million Bands. And um, newer band, Without Peace. Younger kids coming every show. And my boy King Shot from Floor Punch playing drums. That's Sunday, December 18th, Underground Arts. Don't miss that one. And uh, so... Another thing that got announced this week and is already selling pretty well. Sure Terror, The Chisel from the UK, Wisdom Machines. Now, because they're playing the Keystone Jam, we invited them to play the show, but they were like, ah, oh, we don't want to do the same shit. So, in keeping with their Ramon sets and their Misfits sets, this time they're doing all Blood for Blood songs. Violent Way from Buffalo. Our friends End It Return. They're doing the little run with the Chisel. Buried Dreams, also a part of the run from Chisel. The Fight from New York, opening up Please Die. This is Saturday, the 14th of January in Reading, Pennsylvania. And again, some shows come out to Reading just because Reverb's fucking awesome to us. The Trinity, myself, Richie Crutch, Wisdom and Chains, Chris Mahmood, uh, Owns Club Reverb, in Mushmouth, in Carried by Six, 
been promoting hardcore shows for a long fucking time, owns his own venue, always ranked in the top 100 independently owned venues in the fucking country. So why not bring some fucking heat to the venue? Support that shit. I have a really big show announcing this upcoming Wednesday in Philadelphia. Another fantastic, holy fuck, how are you putting this one at the church kind of deal to be announced Wednesday the 9th. That's all I'm going to tell you. And there's just more shit coming. Support Hardcore in Philadelphia or locally if you do not live anywhere close to Philadelphia. But we do have a lot of people that fly here. Travel, bus, elephant, underwater, carriages, submarines. Somehow they get here. So maybe come and check some shit out. Speaking of traveling, speaking of bands playing, let's just get right into it that at 42 years old, it's still interesting to get in a vehicle and play shows days after days after days. I was not on an arduous journey. I didn't get homesick because we played four fucking shows. And really, I mean, Florida, even though on the East Coast, is the southernmost place you guys can play if you're from the East Coast. And it was a fun time. The shows were initially set to be billed with my fucking partner in crime, Bob Wilson, and off the tracks, but lineup things changed, and those guys pulled out from not playing with a scab lineup, which I appreciate, but though still to this day have not done any weekend tours with Bob Wilson ever, so it's sad. However, I was greeted with the opportunity to once again be on the road with a longtime friend and road companion, Greg Falchetto, or better known as G-Dog from Mongoloids, and now the frontman of Hold My Own. Hold My Own is about the 14th band this dude started in the last four years with members of Sector, MH Chaos, The Killer. It's 80% Chicago dudes and somehow Greg, and they're making it work. They were fucking fantastic every single night. So some things that came to mind that thought, would be worth it, at least saying into the internet, and maybe people listen. Although we're not on a bus tour or a van tour, and we end up with an expedition because rental companies suck, and they'll say that they're going to reserve a van, but they could basically set you up with anything. Your reservation never guarantees the vehicle that you hope for. So keep that in mind, those of you broke motherfuckers who managed to have a credit card and could rent a van. Just because you reserve it doesn't mean you're definitely going to get it. So we do this expedition in an expedition. There's only four of us. And the first show was in Tallahassee. And uh, to be honest, I have not been up there in a while. And the thing about playing shows that needs to be said often is that it has nothing to do with ego if you're doing it right. This is not about going out there and trying to reclaim some shit for Shattered Realm. The band, as far back as myself playing in it in 2004, we did we always did well in Florida, but this was about just playing with friends and having a really fucking good time and jostling some of these people who hadn't seen us into being like, oh, fuck, this is Shadow Realm. And the show we ended up playing in Tallahassee was done by Tyler, who 
is actually helped out This Is Hardcore Fest for many years providing drum backline. And he had this really cool American Legion Hall, which the American Legion is a really cool network of buildings and people and veterans that help out other veterans and bizarrely enough have a goofy connection with hardcore because it's one of those halls that some random kid can walk into in a town like Tallahassee and convince some old timers to let them rent the hall so kids can ninja kick each other. So whenever you're in American Legion Hall, be thankful that those folks aren't like, fuck these kids, and they let you have a room. But I digress. What I was saying is, is like, to play these kind of shows is more about rekindling just the fun and also to get the chops up. You know, it's not just one show showing up, playing it, and rocking out. It's like, yeah, all right, come on. Get, get it. We had to get our, our practice reps up, get our set list in mind, added some things, truncated a song that had this reframe where you play the same part twice. It was really annoying, so we cut it out, and they get sounds absolutely fucking awesome now. Much shorter, and the kids love it, and more sing-along, more mosh, which 90% of Shadow Realm is sing-along and mosh, so why not give them more? But it was just cool to be out there in the sense of not just playing a single show local, but being far from home and seeing if these young kids who never heard of us are into us. Added bonus was playing with Combust from New York. Having toured for many years, but not touring for many years after, it's kind of fun to pull up to a venue and your homies in another band are there. It's like, oh shit, that's right, we're playing with you guys tonight. Um, and coming to that, if you're a band, I don't care if you are a 30-day, 60-day, 90-day tour machine where you're doing four fucking shows, you show up before doors. That's what you do. You show up before doors and you try to get your stuff there so that way your stuff's in the room and the promoter knows that you're actually going to play. And that's an important thing. And not that it's not subscribed to by everybody, but it just needs to be said, it, there's no excuse. doesn't matter if you want to go to this cool hot dog stand or go down to the beach. You're on tour to play shows. You have a commitment to the venue or to the promoter, and also, most important, to the kids who want to see you. To show up and be ready, and that should be your first priority. If you want to go Uber and party and not be at the show that you're going to play, that's on you. But get there an hour early, half an hour early. You know, it lets the promoter, you know, who set up some tables, and in this case, Tyler bought pizza for all the bands, which is always fantastic. And just, like, let them, you know, pay them the respect of, hey, we treat your time with respect, you know, thank you for putting this together, taking time out of your day, and making sure that you're here hours early. And I don't see enough younger bands really pay homage to that and the respect of what it is. It's a subtle contract of agreement that we're both going to show up a little early just so the other one knows the ball's rolling. And adding to that, because we only brought one t-shirt out, I see it occasionally and I'm always perplexed. If you got one t-shirt there's no reason for you to take up a whole table on the merch. That should probably be a foregone conclusion, but if no one ever said it to you, I'm saying it to you. You got one fucking t-shirt, you know, smash in next to somebody and give the bands like the Combust who are on a whole 37-day fucking tour the opportunity to sell their shit. 
And so that's just some of the stuff I'll talk about. It's just a, a couple quick early basics. We got to meet a band called Green 80, who we would play the next night with. And um, got to play with our friend Statement Pride. Carter, who was on the podcast, who does From Within, plays drums for Off the Tracks. And um, his band's fucking sick. If you like Strife, you love Statement of Prime. Plain and simple. But overall, show was cool. Knowing that Combust is out there on a 37-day, self-booked, no booking agent tour was just kind of like cool this year that bands are still doing it. And I mean, I don't need to tell you that Combust embodies one of the most classic New York hardcore sounds present in a modern band. But what also, and I, and I made a tweet about it for those who are like, oh, he's regurgitating tweets. The reason why no one's talking about Combust is because no one from Combust or Combust record label, because they put their own fucking record out, paid someone like Revolver, paid someone like these other jagoffs who only post shit for clickbait or when they're paid for it through the publicity or some ugh, publicist who is paid for, has a relationship and gets some writer to post something on the internet talking about how marvelous and great and spectacular and perfect they are. And that just shows you or should show you or illustrate the point to you that I'm making here that what you read on the internet from these media outlets is what they're paid to promote or what they're in league with other people to publicize. And so when you come to me with some goofy, yo, this band's really blowing up, I'm going to say, how much of it is people paid to write about a band or make them sound like they're the next fucking Pearl Jam or whatever the next cool thing is? You know? Support these bands who go out on 37-day tours. Buy a fucking shirt. Spend the 20 minutes and watch them fucking play. You know, this band was fantastic. And I've seen them in two separate rooms, two completely separate scenarios, completely two different sides of the state, and they were flawless both sets. And it's important. Um, small shows are a little harder at times. PAs don't sound so great. As a band, it's hard to make sure that you're able to all hear each other if it's a hall show. So you got to make the best of it. But more importantly, it's not so much jumping around and acting like a fool to perform, but making sure that the people who paid, what was it, 15 or 20 bucks to get in now, make sure that they get their money's worth. Make sure that they walk away not going, these guys ripped us the fuck off. And I appreciate Tyler for having us on the show. A lot of very young people in Tallahassee, and it seems like the scene is continuing to grow out there, and I hopefully will hear more positive shit about that scene in the you know near future. Talking about the next show, we went down to Jacksonville. What made Jacksonville interesting was that we played in a venue, and this happens a lot. Where I go to the, we used to go to these like little towns or just small cities, and they just got these cool ass venues. Archetype was like that, bigger than Kung Fu Netai in Philly, in a different way. It was laid laid out wide versus deep. But it had like this cool, like built aesthetic, looked like a fucking castle or devil worshiping lair, you know, near some fucking train tracks off the beaten path. And I've always, as a, you know, we were touring since '98 and um, doing U.S. tours since '99. 
there's always these small little clubs in these little cities. And Philly's has never had like a hardcore punk club. They've been where shows happen, but not a club that mostly does this shit. So shout out to Jacksonville just for having their own shit. And the club was cool. The venue was cool. We get to play with Green 80 again. Got to play with our friends Exit Strategy and Josh White, who helped pull some things together for Shadow Realm for the weekend. And uh, Greg completely embarrassed me. Gets on stage, that motherfucker. And he's trying to go back and talk about the good old days of him being a young Shattered Realm roadie. Only he said, he has a lot of love for me, yada, yada, yada. And when he was a child, which, by the way, he was not a fucking full-ass child. He was nearly a fucking 18-year-old man. Might have been 16, 17. Who the fuck knows? He said, when I was a child, Joe Hardcore got naked and jumped all over me. And hit me in the head with his penis. And it was funny to hear. But it's like come on man. Would you try to give me a fucking case? Fucking wild ass motherfucker. Either way. It was funny. And then I made the joke that. And I won't tell. But it was a funny joke that. Kind of a little bit too. You know we want to keep some fucking decorum here. But that fucking Greg. Literally sitting there. Back at the club. Watching the show. And I hear. Blah 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 blah. Joe Hardcore. Blah, blah, blah. When I was a child, got naked and hit me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Funny. But come on, Greg. What's wrong with you? So show was cool. Club was cool. And then we made the 300 plus mile drive all the way from Tallahassee. Or not Tallahassee. Jacksonville to Miami. Now, for those setting up tours, if you're trying to just do a weekend, your Saturday show has to fucking hit. You know, it's the anchor of the weekend, the best night of the year, best night of the week. And thanks to my friend Jeffy from Bloodbather, who was in the band. He started Equinox booking, and I was told at the show, he's back in the fucking band. But he's been doing some shows in South Florida, and he's been hitting us up. In fact, in February, he had said, hey, what is it going to take to get Shattered Realm to come out here? And there's another lesson learned. Hey, band, if a young promoter saying, hey, what does it take to get out here? Don't ask him to fly you out if he can't make his money back on the flights. You say to something like what I said to him. Hey, listen, you wouldn't make your money back if you flew us out, whatever. Wait till we travel down there and I promise you we'll play a South Florida show. And um, yeah, so eight months after we had that conversation, almost to the day, we played a show for Jeffy in Margate, South Florida is really weird. It's like one continuous group of small cities from like West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, all the way down to Miami. Margate's north of that stuff in the Miami world, but south of like Fort Lauderdale. It's a good location. Strip mall, small crazy club, some hookah things going on. Very wild shit. The kind of club that would be perfect to have 200-something kids Going fucking nuts all weekend or, or all all day on that weekend, and um, clearly it was the hallmark show for the weekend, and I mean this is all the south the South Florida bands, and accelerate really fast, awesome hardcore, uh, body blow, heavy, rock and roll rocker type shit, uh, seed of pain. You know, you know if you're from Philly, you love seed. Been FYA. You know the deal with C. They played this hardcore. They're fucking killers. B.L. Endo came up for the From Within show, so I was uh, fairly um, aware of them. I was not aware of a mo- moment of truth. They fucking ripped. 
Domain really ripped. Um, Hold My Own had a really good set. They were supported well. Combust. Jesus Christ. They, they had some energy that night. And, uh, yeah. I mean, as far as Shadow Rum goes, it feels good to be in South Florida and watching kids um, run across the stage and just fucking dive with their life hanging in the balance from a four-foot stage and saw some guy attack the entire crowd with a couch. So in South Florida, people still remember Shadow Realm. Tons of young kids, absolutely fantastic. And and the cherry on top was seeing our friends Know the Score. Jeffy, Nick from Know the Score were really involved in ULG Records back when we were getting things into the second gear there. And uh, very cool. And they were like, how the fuck do we follow this? So they took one out of the old playbook, turned the fucking lights off. Turned the fucking lights off. The place was total chaos. Great way to end the show. The first Equinox booking fest. And I hope Jeffy does more. If you're from down there, thank you for that show. Make sure you support Jeffy. Great show altogether. And then we wrapped it up playing in Tampa. Played Tampa a bunch of times back in the day. But then most recently, we played FYA pre-show for Jeff, uh, for Josh White, rather, and so come back to Tampa, it was like, oh man, we just played here a year ago, so we had a small room called the Born Free Bar, and the crazy thing is that the owner of the club was in the band Crisis, heavily involved in the New York hardcore CBGB scene, very sick stuff, cool meeting a guy and didn't talk to him, and I mean, yo, small biker club, last day of the show, Everyone got to hang outside. It was in fucking beautiful weather. And um, great way to end it. I, I am not obs- I'm not obfuscating. Just kind of want to let, let it be almost like a standalone thing. Uh, it's awesome to see old friends. And a friend of mine, Viriato, who played in Trust No One, who was on UOG, one of the hardest South Florida bands of all time. Not only did he come to the show in South Florida, but he brought his two daughters who recently got inoculated to a little taste of the hardcore when they got, when he took them to see the Turnstile tour. Now, he's not the only person who came by. My friend Mark from Shutdown brought his son, who also went to that tour and also was at a fucking hardcore show. And it's surreal to me to think that friends of mine for decades now, their children are getting the first little taste of hardcore through Turnstile. And now they're coming to see the Shadow Realm. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you go from one amazing end of the spectrum to us fucking goons. But it was fucking fantastic to see Mark. And, you know, Viriato and the girls were absolutely great to hang out with. In fact, anyone who's ever touring, there's a place called Flanagan's, F-L-A-N-I-G-A-N-S. My man was like, you know, these are one of the best ribs I've had. Possibly anywhere. And I took them up on them. And holy fuck, they come right off the fucking bone. Jesus Christ. Fantastic ribs in the South Florida area. But it's just great to get to the point where we're not living off of 2 or $3 a day and eating shit. But go out and get a fucking meal with a friend after a show. And all this shit is great. Playing shows is great. Hanging out with friends is great. But... There's a surreality that comes from meeting up with your friends and meeting their daughters who are in their teenagers or their sons who are in their teenagers years and seeing the next generation of hardcore people grow in front of you. It's pretty fucking surreal. So we follow up. We play Tampa. And my friend Coach, 
who sang for Trust No One came up. It was just great. It was great to see old friends, talk about old stuff, catch up. And having been so stuck in Philadelphia and not really traveling, when I do, it's go to FYA and help Bob at the door so I don't really do the whole catching up thing. It was nice to see friends. And friends are still the mortar that holds the bricks of hardcore together. All this stuff doesn't matter if you don't have friends. And I'm lucky through the years of touring and booking these shows to just have these awesome friends that we just pick up like we hadn't seen each other in so many years and just talk like we saw each other last week. It was absolutely fucking fantastic and reminded me of the best times, which was even though the shows were fantastic or not fantastic, it was always the hangs, the stories, the retelling of the stories, the laughing. And um, I think that's the thing that I still miss the most about being on the road is just seeing different friends in different cities. I can't say that I will do a 30-day tour because it's not about age and being too tired. It's about understanding that in the modern era, the bands who do 30-day tours are kind of on like a, they're promoting themselves. A tour is almost more of a promotional gig than a way of life these days. You know, like the bands get pushed by agents and managers to promote records via record cycles. So you got the support tour. Then you have the headlining tour, the small headlining tour. Then you get the A markets. Then you get the B markets. There's all these things that are kind of all just circulating around publicity, record releasing. And I think the, the love of the road is gone because it's a machination of industries and needing to make money to stay on the road. And God bless all my friends who make their living doing touring. Because I, I I just don't have it. I don't have the, the, the want in my heart to travel and build a band up to the point where fiscally it made sense to quit your job. I make plenty of money as a union cement mason. I sleep plenty better in my fucking house and hang out with my dog. And... I sound like an old guy here, but as much as I loved playing shows, as long as they're two or three at a time, it'll still be fun. Maybe a short Europe run or something, but the days of the long tours are just behind me because I don't even feel the same way about what goes on in hardcore. And, you know, obviously, there's a lot of other shit I do. There's a lot of shows we do here. Um, I do love doing this podcast despite the the break in the two weeks of no shows. And um, we're getting things back. House is more organized, setting up a lot of stuff. Going to change to a more video format, which I talked about before. But I actually got a fucking green screen. And there's going to be some cool stuff coming out with the older episodes. A couple of the newer episodes are going to have video only. Or not video only, but there's going to be video in that. It'll be pretty fucking interesting. But there's this other stuff to do. And instead of being the band that's like, oh, it's cool Shadow Rome's playing. But like we don't need to be out there so much that we're taking up space. We're a newer, like a combust needs to be out there. 
you know, and there and there's still plenty of bands. I mean, so many cool bands out there that, you know, we can get up there and do our thing. But I'd, a 30 day tour would be emotionally unstable for me because of the pattern life that I enjoy being here, and the fact that it just wouldn't equivocally wouldn't work. And I think that we would definitely overstay our work on trying that thing. So bands on tour, things to consider would be. Making sure that you are beyond punctual. Be ahead of time. Be the band in there where all your gear is set up. Be the band where members are present at the merch table. Oh, Be cognizant that although you might live in a city where it's badass, you may not know the city or the people you're in. So socially be respectful. Not that I didn't see any of that in Florida. Just always good pointers to make. Because, as Fury of Five elegantly put, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. And it's hard to always remember when you're playing six and seven band shows. But cognizantly, be aware of the other bands that played. Because they might be excited just to be able to see your band and be able to share the bill with you. We had the opportunity to play with Green 82 shows in a row. Um... They're cool guys, and we get to play two shows with Exit Strategy, fantastic guys as well. It's fun to build those little bit of like social camaraderies with bands when you start, you know, like at the do two shows at Cumbrust. Um, it's just important to build these social relationships and pay respect and not be the person who's like hiding somewhere until they play their 20 minute set, you know, be better than that. Uh, it's like one of the things I see a lot of. You'll see bands wait till the last minute to load in, last minute to set up the church, uh, last minute to set up their merch. First band that wants to get paid, first band that never watched any of the other bands, first guy on stage though shouting all the bands out and pretending that they give a fuck. Now I'm not gonna sit there and hold you to an A plus, A minus, B plus, B minus, you know, score here, but don't fake the funk. You know, show starts at 6, it's over by 11. You got five hours to focus not on trying to get laid, but the the show that you may think about when you're 40 years old because it was like, holy fuck, remember that time we played that show in South Florida and all these other bands playing this guy got hit with a couch? Yeah, you might want to pay attention to this kind of shit because when you're in your regular ass job, it's going to be little things like this that you may remember unless you're too cool and hanging outside talking to the same four dickheads that are in the van, you know? And um, with that, I'll just tell you that I am lucky to become a person who understands the difference between needing to play shows and needing to go on tour. I'm happy that <laughs> I realized, like, yeah, it would be fun, but, you know, like, adulthood includes, maybe I'm just different. I actually like pouring concrete. I woke up and I realized that the job pays well. It was a weird time for Shattered Realm because we were doing well in Europe, but America was just not even going to be a touring thing with the Tucson stuff. And I was dealing with court problems and I started working union and I really liked it. And um, 15 years later, it's not that I wouldn't want to pour concrete every single day. But if you ask me, would you rather pour concrete every single day 
or play a show every single day. I'd rather just get up in the morning and pour concrete because whether or not the show is cool or not, I have a roof over my head. My bills are paid. I got medical insurance because I fucking poured concrete. And I know that sounds like such a weird thing on a hardcore podcast talking about touring and all this shit, but that's where I'm at in life where it's like, yeah, I I like all this stuff, but I'd rather be the guy that does the show. I'd rather be the guy that helps these next bands with these shows. I'd rather be the guy putting on a fest or putting on these eight band shows that are fucking crazy because I could do this and still mitigate and still not stress. I have so many friends who I love to death, but they have such a curmudgeon almost like bad blood with hardcore because they try to make their bands big fiscally to make it work and it didn't work. And in lieu of being like, oh man, it was all fun. They have this bittersweet kind of like, I could have been a contender kind of thing. I never had that. So it's, I have a lot of love for all the touring punishment Shadow Realm did. My time roading with dysphoria. I love I loved traveling. I love putting my feet up on the dashboard. I love driving 90 miles an hour, listening to heavy metal music, eating gas station food on the way to another show. All that shit I love. But I know if I just get up and go to work, I got money in my pocket. And I'm not stressing bills at the end of it. And I'm not going, fuck, why did we even bother doing this? Because this show wasn't good. And that wasn't the case thing in Florida, but just as a general, I understand where my boundaries are. And I think... Why I wanted to bring that all up is because for bands that are trying to travel, sometimes people on the internet will offer things like, hey, what do we got to do to fly out? You fly out there, they have flights that you paid for, hotels, if you're not staying at someone's house, vehicle, you know, to travel to and from, if not the show or the venue or the airport. These expenditures come in and this flying may not be that great. You know, or you might get asked to do a bunch of shows with a band. Yeah, get all this gear together and do all the stuff, but the shows may not be that well attended. When you're young, it's always fun. Like, ah, fuck it, it's adventures. You start hitting this time when adventures are costing and you're coming home and thinking about how you spend a, a paycheck and a half to do these couple shows. It may change you sourly. So I say, make the shows be about fun first. If you're a young band, if you're young, anywhere between 16 and 25, get your ass on the road. Learn what this shit is. Have this fucking adventure. And then and then come back and tell me, you know what, it wasn't that much fun. Or, yo, I see what you mean. It's fun to play shows, but it's good to not have to worry about your next bill coming in. And I, I've been through that cycle and then some. So I really enjoyed the opportunity to go back, dip my toes in the traveling shows thing and, and kind of like reassess, like, could you see, could I see myself doing this all the time? Like I, it would have to be a alternate dimension where I was making better than the money that I'm making just going to work every day for me to actually be chill with like, yeah, I'll tour for six months a year. Even then, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much because I enjoy sitting at home and eating food with my friends. I enjoy laughing and talking at the tattoo shops. I love talking to G outside of his shop and drinking fucking coffee. I like doing podcasts. I got home from Florida 
And then I had a shit ton of shit all week. Scout show, but we poured concrete till 8 p.m. Got from Allentown to Philly just in time to see them. You know, more concrete being poured than driving back from an airport. Got home just in time, just recently to record with one 85 miles south. The podcast is coming out Monday. I'm not going to tell you the topic, but Richie from Wisdom, from, you know, two parts of the rule of three. He also does the Post-America podcast. He was an extra guest on the 185 miles south with me and others. It's going to be fucking fantastic. We get to record that. And if I was on tour, it would have been harder for me to do that. So I think bands doing it when they're young, build your name up, have fun, kick some ass, learn what the road is, decide if it's what you want to do the rest of your life or, hey, man, that was really cool, but now I got to get settled in and we got to make this happen. I think sometimes people just immediately think playing shows will result in positives financially. And yeah, you'll sell a ton of merch, but you might also have a ton of fucking bills depending on how you tour, if you're renting, if you own. There's a lot of logistics in the balance sheet that could make a really fun tour at the end not be so great. So you could do it for fun. I think weekenders are always the smart move, especially if you're on the East Coast. If you're on the West Coast, you have no excuse because the West Coast has so many different small pockets with hundreds of people. You know, like you'd be crazy to not do it. Midwest a little bit harder, but I imagine it's still plausible. It seems like areas like Dallas, um, Dallas all the way out to fucking Austin. And I think it's a shit ton of places you could play in Texas if you want to do some runs. There's places all over to do runs without having to get to the 30-day tours. I think some of you guys in bands who are just not knowing what to do, pick a spot on the maps or you know figure out if you got some friends or you can get some shows and get linked up and do it. But do it with the purpose of either, hey, man, this is going to be fun, or hey, we're going to build something here and we know we're going to lose money here, but it'll be worth it. But don't let the money don't let the money thing kill you. You know, Don't chase the money to the point where if you don't get it, you're upset. Do this shit for fun. Be respectful to the people who put your shows on. Pay respect to the bands who played before you, after you. If you can loan gear, be take care of it. If you had to borrow gear, be extra careful and thankful. You know, there's a lot of little things. I'm a little tired, so I just wanted to run through and do a podcast and talk to you as a bit because I didn't want you to think I'm jerking guys off. More episodes to come. Check me out on the 185 Miles South. It's due out this upcoming Monday. One of the greatest podcasts, um, Zach, Dan, Ben, they do a great fucking job, so check it out, and um, thank you for listening, thank you for continuing to listen, remember, phillyhdshows.com, easiest way to find, or the Joe Hardcore, and um, I'll talk to you next week, I eat.